Welcome to the Disability And Podcast, bringing together thoughtful discussion and debate. This month, Paul Wilshaw chats with founders of Triple C and the Disability Artists Network community, Cheryl Houston and Melissa Jones. He asks them about their careers as actors and how their experiences led to the formation of Triple C and the Dank. This podcast contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to Disability and Podcast. My name is Paul Wilshaw and I am the assistant producer at Mind the Gap, a leading learning disability live performance and arts company. Today I am honoured, and I mean honoured, to have the brilliant Shirley Houston and Melissa Jones from Triple C uh, with us today. Um, please introduce yourselves. I'm Shirley Houston, a disabled actor, white woman, dark curly hair, and a matching outfit for once, which I'm channeling for AR Mo on our team. You are very matching today. Lovely <laughs> use of blue. Um, hello, I am Melissa Johns. I am a disabled actor and co-creative lead with Cheryl Lee at Triple C Dank. I am a white woman with uh, longish blonde hair and I'm wearing some dungarees, which looks a little bit cow milky, but, you know, <laughs> we'll embrace it. You're wearing it well. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and I should have said that myself, so I'm a white middle-aged man with... Um, a shirt that's got um, cups on it um, with straws coming out of it and um, I wear glasses and a bit of curly hair which has gone a bit wonky. Um, I'm really interested about Triple C and about Dank um, but first of all I'd like to know how you got started in the industry and that runs to Shirley first. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think me and Melissa have got different experiences of that from being of, of different generations as well. I knew I was going to be a wheelchair user while I was at drama school and I didn't get any work for about four or five years after that because of my disability, because I couldn't walk very well. Um, it was interesting because at drama school everybody else got a, a mentor except me because they told me there weren't any disabled actors but this was back in the 90s but there were some um so then I actually that's when I set up my first company um to sort of challenge how deaf disabled neurodivergent creatives get work um we did audition technique um lovely Liz Carr was on one of our courses but then I started to get little bits of work but not much so it was always about creating my own work and I did big house actually right up until two years before I got Corrie. Um, And, you know, we did things like, it was youth theatres, mixing youth theatres, encouraging um, mainstream youth theatres to be accessible to disabled young people. Um, We did a lot around auditions for other disabled actors, just because it was like that thing of going, you actually have to change the industry to be in the industry, which I think most of us, you know, have that mantle, don't we? Um, Definitely. So yeah, that's how I started. And just, I actually, also interestingly, I didn't get an agent until I had 12 telecredits. And still they were going, well, there's no jobs for you. Because it was, you know, that was 90, early 2000s. Um, so every time I got a job, I'd write to every single cast and director in the country, every uh, director in the country. And most of them didn't write back. 
but but then actually when disabled jobs came up because back then they you never got an audition for something that wasn't a disabled character so back then as soon as a disabled job came up I they contacted me because I suppose I wrote that much and that's a great learning curve I think that still stands today doesn't it it's that thing of you have to advocate for yourself yeah. um but yes and then I I got an agent just before I got Corrie but yeah every single one of my characters was disabled except one in Little Britain but I'd auditioned for the one in Little Britain that was disabled and then they said while you're here we want to read this other one and Melissa how did you start so I did the sort of you know the 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 way that quite a lot of people do do it in terms of GCSE and A-level and then I had a year out and then I um, was lucky enough to get into drama school so I went to East 15 Acting School in London um, and had a, a, a brilliant three years there and didn't really ever think that maybe I wouldn't get work because of only having one arm. I was like, oh, well, I'm, I don't think that'll ever be a problem. And then as I started to get further into the training and, and we were starting to have more connections with the outside world and the industry, I started to realise that it, I'd actually been incredibly naive, but I think it's that naivety that actually got me through because I didn't end up questioning anything beforehand. I just kind of went, well, it's fine, I'll just do it. And then I don't know what will happen if I don't, so I'll just have to do it. And when I graduated, uh, I thought acting was easy. And look at this, I've just walked into my first job two weeks after graduating, aren't I fantastic? And then that job finished and I went, oh, oh, this is what they mean when they say acting's hard. Um, because then, then it was just kind of battle after battle of going, I promise I can play all of the non-disabled roles too. Please, will you see me just like Cherilee, just writing off to every casting director, artistic director. You know, um, I was lucky at my showcase, I got my agent and I've been with my agent now for 12 years. Um, and she's just been on this learning curve with me. She was really honest right from the start. She said, I've never actually represented anybody with a disability. Um, so I feel like we can go on this, if you trust me, we can go on this journey together. Because just, I think she's just been so honest. I guess it was just taking opportunities when they came. I met Cheryl Lee because uh, Shez put on a... I don't want to get this wrong. I suppose a lot of my career has always been setting up things and doing, you know, and I, um, through Corrie, as soon as I started to get to know the management and the production management, I, and also Miranda, who was um, the diversity lead now, and now she's diversity lead at Amazon. She's sort of actually worked BBC, ITV, BBC, a brilliant, phenomenal woman. And we set up many different things um, with uh, there. But one of the, the one of the first ones it did was set up because I was going to cry. Look, disabled actors don't get many auditions. It's, I suppose it's kind of the principle where we are with Triple C, isn't it? Always make it a two-way thing. So you guys at ITV, you've got stuff to learn, but also how do we then bring in a load of disabled actors who then get something from the situation again? So we worked with the cast and director and we came up with this idea of doing a day where in the morning, um, me and Janet Hampson, who was the cast and director at the time of Coronation Street, did, um, it was like a workshop on auditions, prepping for auditions, applying for auditions, all those sorts of things. And then in the afternoon, every actor went I did you go on set we didn't so this is where it worked out brilliantly <laughs> so the, it was it was exactly that in the morning we got to meet you we got to meet some of the other actors we got to meet some of the people in production hear from them and then in the afternoon we were just meant to do a read on camera that we yes. could use if we wanted to in our showreel but 
Corrie would also keep that in-house, this 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 read. Because there were 10 of us on that day, the, the yeah. one at, in 2015, the one at Corrie, because what happened was the camera broke. When they looked back <laughs> on the camera read, there were green lines running through it. Okay. So a couple of weeks later, we got an email saying, we, we should be emailing you now your little scenes that you did on the sofa, but we can't. And, you know, obviously it was that, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then they were just brilliant. They went, so we've decided we'd like you all to come in and film an actual um, scene on the streets, which actually meant that the best case thing happened then because this really was something. I mean, I, I had that on my show reel for years. That's what got me my part when I went on Coronation Street for a little bit. It was that role. And, you know, had that camera not have broken, I well, they, they may have considered me, but because they got to see me in situ, kind of in in one of, you know, a, a kind of iconic place. Um, so it, it really did have, and, you know, shares everything you do is always about not just doing a scheme for the sake of doing a scheme, but doing a scheme because it should result in something tangible, work and, and career development. And, well, quite honestly, I wouldn't have got my first kind of... I'd had a few TV roles, but my first kind of most well-known thing was Coronation Street, and that wouldn't have happened had I not have been part of that day that Cher's created. That, that really is how it works. What was exciting about that was everybody got more... Loved that day, absolutely really loved that day. And then that feedback went back. Basically, we did that, and then we did a uh, did it again, replicated it at Emmerdale. And I think because Corrie did that, then Emmerdale did it on set. Then it meant the crew learned about filming with many different people with lived experience of different disabilities, but it also meant that people had something tangible to take away to go, look, I can work, you know, here's examples. And um, then from both of those, we did a conference, which was supposed to back between BBC and ITV. Um, and you came and talked to it, Min, didn't you? Yeah, so we'd met on that day, hadn't we? And, and, and we just kept in touch. I and think then... I met you for a coffee at Royal... I think you got in touch when we went and had a cup of tea at Royal Exchange or something because you were auditioning in Manchester Yeah, or and then you said, oh, we're doing this thing with, you know, this basically really brave conversation where we're going to have people get up and we're going to try to talk about how we, you know, what, what we do to change the way the industry is. And that's when you asked me to come and be... A speaker so we kind of met two or three times at that point and mm. I think as we got to know each other more we realized that we both had two quite different lived experiences but but that we could probably at some point work together do you, do you want all the yeah. long the long conversation <laughs> around that well yeah well, I would not... love to know about how triple c got started I think that's really interesting triple c it's been a series of events and people that have built it and grown it and so, but it started when I didn't work as an actor, I spent 15 years working with disabled neurodivergent young people, like in schools, or um, like I was always the person who went in for a week in these holidays to make a film, or I do I do lots of workshops, breakouts. I was employed by a lot of different disabled arts organisations to go and run different. Which is where I met Mo. Yeah. Mo was 12 and I was 24 and I told... I think she has this memory that I told her I was a dancer so she could dance. Whereas I, I remember just being an actor. But I do know that I blagged stuff quite a lot to sort of get young people to believe in what they could do. And I loved those things. It was... We, I did it quite often with Goz. Um, she was a filmmaker. And I was always turning up at disabled schools and running workshops when I could. And, um, and it was such a joy and learnt so much, you know. And... Then this young woman got in touch with me. It was, um, and she said, look, and she didn't die, but she was told she was 
going to die because they wouldn't operate on her back because she was disabled. Um, and she said, I just wanted to thank you for the confidence those drama workshops gave me. And I became a different person because of it. So I was driving to Corrie the next day and I was like, well, could do it? Done, could do it for more people, could do that again, you know, want that sort of legacy. Um, and then I was tinkering it through, and then on New Year's Eve, I was with Jed and Lydia, and we're a bit tipsy walking to the pub, and I said, I've had an idea. Um, would you help me? <laughs> <laughs> so I went Jed and Lydia are two people that also work for Triple C. Yes, yes. So. so initially it was me, Jed and Mo, we... And, uh, and Lydia and Lydia, Lydia was just changing careers at the time so she said oh I'll come and um, do some admin for you and we w- we'd set up this stuff we were trying to do young people and then I'd met Min and I think it was when we were that was when you had the that was the youth theatre so yeah, you, we were, we were going to put in for some funding and <clears throat> through the conversations we'd had when we met at Corrie when we met when I had that audition and we met for a coffee all of those things yeah I knew that that was your passion that as was well. my yeah so I'd been running workshops um I started running workshops for young people when I was 18 um again going into um working with children with special educational needs there was a, a, a group back home so I'm from the Welsh border Herefordshire and there was a, a group called Malvern Special Families. And that was where I first started to work with disabled children. Um, but I actually did more work in mainstream uh, youth groups and, and mainstream schools. So mine was kind of turned on its head a little bit where I was the kind of different one coming in. And and so it was, yeah, it, it was, they were having to, the, the non-disabled young people were kind of having to support my access. And then I started working with uh, disabled children and that's when I set up a uh, company called Quite Frankly Theatre because I thought up until this point, it's been really separate. I've either worked with non-disabled children or disabled children. Yeah. And that just feels weird. Why, why, you know, there's nothing at the moment back home, you know, I'm from quite a small town, where it feels like both of those things can come together. Um, and it just felt easy. It felt like it should be able to come together. If you can get a building that's accessible, totally. I knew how I could cater, like change all the games and change all of the activities that we'd run. And I quite passionately spoke to Sherry Lee about that, which is why I think you probably kept me in mind. And I know, so I think me and Mo had just put in the Arts Council bid to do, set up a youth theatre, and we'd also just done the 10K, Manchester 10K, so we had some money. I think when we you came to that conference, I, I introduced you to Jed, Lids and Mo, because it was like, right, I've met somebody else who would work well with what we're doing at Triple C. And I think we that's when we started to talk to you about coming in on the young people's thing. And I think at the same time, I then had had the idea for Dank, but it was a very different idea because initially my idea was... It was that thing, and I think we all have it, of you suddenly realise when you're talking to people, they think you're the only one. Yes, definitely. And I think my whole career felt like that, and it was that awareness everybody else had had that. And then there was this woman who I kept... Me and Lydia kept bumping into when we had meetings at the Royal Exchange, and I was like, a coffee morning, da-da-da-da. And then I remember... It was so we'd had that, and it's it had sort of got become somebody else, you know. It's, and we sort of then reclaimed it, didn't we? And then we got some money 
I think I might have leapt a little bit to dank here. But we got some money. In the meantime, we worked in some SEN schools, didn't yes. we? Yes, oh no, so, that was yeah, amazing. So, yeah, so yeah, when, I, when was... I first moved up, we were in a place where actually, um, because Mo was a, a, a really great contact for us there, Mo at the time was working at a, um, an SEN school in Manchester, and that was that gave us that connection and we were able to go in and we that's really actually where we started to create these bespoke workshops and realized that as a team we were creating something really strong and really exciting the the changes in the young people were unbelievable the teachers had um parents queuing up at the door saying when are my young people going to get to that have the triple c they workshops they had the parents evening didn't they yeah. and she said all the parents from all the other classes were queuing at her desk going, please come my young people and we're like this is it because this is that's kind of where triple c stuff was like look because we all know that when you do workshops with young people it you can empower somebody within a weekend, can't you, yeah. to be to live because it's self belief. Well, the teacher got really nervous. I always remember her saying that she saw this um, this woman kind of coming up to her with a lot of passion, and she was like, "Is everything okay?" <laughs> and she said, um, "He's come." Uh, her son. She said, "He's coming home, and he's arguing with his sister." And obviously, the teacher thought she was about to get a bit of a telling off for it, and the mum got the mum cried with happiness because the young boy who was nonverbal had never had never before been able to kind of advocate for himself in an argument with his sister. And because we've been doing these quite bespoke role plays um, where we were, you know, just absolutely enhancing confidence and, and advocacy and, and creativity, he'd got something from them, took it home with him and was able to put it in a different situation. And for the first time, the mum had seen the brother and sister have this <laughs> argument and she was just delighted by it. And it just, that was one of the things for us where we were like, this absolutely works. This doesn't necessarily have to be a set of workshops that are specifically for young people that want to go into the arts. This is for young people who just should have the opportunity to succeed in whatever it is they want to succeed in. And drama is just one of the best tools to get anybody wherever they need to go. And from that, because we like, they were playing our games in the playground and all this sort of stuff. And this was all replicating all that stuff that like I'd been doing before, Melissa had been doing before, Jed had brought his creativity in, you know, it was amalgamating all those things. And also like with Mo, you know, and and the girl who sort of had said to me, look, that changed my world. And you and you kind of go, you look back and you see so many other people that it did. So it was like, yeah, that's when we got real passion to then carry on and do that. So we did. Um, but as Shirley said, we then went and did 12 months at Seashell, um, a residential school and college and we, we just really built up that um education slash working with young people strand but we knew that triple c always needed to be more than this because there was well, other there's so many other so dreams many other on the list wasn't it because mm. do you remember i kept saying lydia kept going i thought we were just youth. i was like no there's a list honestly because i'd done all the stuff with big hat as well and it was and the the itv stuff it was like if you can bring that through and then we all had other ideas as well and it was but like so when I thought what was so exciting though so when when we stopped we had an away day didn't we to sort of figure out a dank and I remember well there's two things that I remember I thought were real key game changers on that one was Lydia going why don't we do it for all arts and one was you going it has to be solution focused and well, because we do, Shirley and I as disabled actors had spent our lives going to these things that you know were set up with really good intentions, but 
I know that I used to get really anxious going to them because they just turned out a bit angry. That it was there were a lot of people that were frustrated, and rightly so. This industry for so long has been so inaccessible that I can absolutely understand and appreciate where the frustration comes from. But I would go to these events and there'd be, you know, the artist director of the RSC and, and you know, all these people <laughs> that could literally change how the industry was. Yeah. And it would just turn out to be a bit of an argument and people shouting at each other. And I would just want to walk away going, oh, I don't want to be part of this. So we always, you know, collectively made sure that Dank was going to be different in the sense that if we were going to take up the community's time, you know, disabled artists' time and the industry's time, that two and a half hours was going to be as solution focused as possible. It wasn't that we were going to stop people from having a bit of a moan because we always, you know, go to the bar <laughs> afterwards. And it, so it's not about kind of saying people can't, truthfully talk about what they've gone through but two things can be true and whilst you can have that conversation if you can follow that up with so what can what can you do what can i do what can we do we walk away with actions that we then spent the next few weeks trying to put in place before the next dank event yeah. um and yeah it was it was because we got it was a bit of a room like this one it was a bit longer and a bit posher and they're giving us some free food it was um <laughs> it was a, a company that had sort of offered to help us, you know, with space. And the five of us just brainstormed, and we had big sheets of paper. Jed was always the scribe, wasn't he? Uh, all these pieces of paper. And then... then we th thought we'd made it. We were, we, we were in a boardroom with sandwiches that had been provided for us. Which none of us were still getting paid. None of us were getting paid at this point. We'd, we'd all taken time off work to do this board meeting. But somebody had believed in us enough to yeah. give us some space and give us some sandwiches. Yeah. And you know what? That was all we needed just to keep going. But also, I think I'd done the National Lottery one and we got a, a 10 grand thing, but we did our first 10 danks off 10 grand. Which now, that, now, so for people that might not know about Dank, so Dank is an event that you run uh, in Manchester, mainly in Manchester. I know you have done it also down in London. London yeah. um, but Dank is where you get industry professionals and disabled actors into one room. I mean, I disabled artists disabled, of all art, but yeah, 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 yeah. all yeah. art forms. Mm. And these events have been massive. And I mean, well, I'm, that's where we I'm, met you, Paul. You yeah. know, we, we met you at the first one. We our first one was at home in Manchester. Home kind of let us have a you know, they gave us space um, and we had two and a half hours. And, and we didn't know if anybody was going to come because it was the only one. We had no idea. Because it went through the home ticketing thing and we're like, is this going to work, <laughs> this idea? Yeah, who's going who's gonna to turn up? We had some really great guests. We had Marcus Wilson, who is an incredible producer, who has produ produced Luther and The A Word and um, just worked on incredible shows. You know, we couldn't believe we had Marcus Wilson in the room, who yeah. now is on our, our, our board of trustees. We had the brilliant Rose Marley. Um, we had uh, Ian Tabron, Ian Tabron from, from the, the Arts Council. So we had some really influential people and we just thought, gosh, I hope this has got round to enough disabled artists to make sure that they turn up. And the key element of Jed, Melissa, Lydia, me, Mo, and those conversations we kept having between things and going, right, that person said that. Or that, you know, and different people noticed different things. Like Lydia's great for knowing who was there, what they thought about, you know. And she's able see... to kind of part, go, just so you know, over there, the yes. person looks like they might be um, having a bit of difficulty with this. I'm going to go over and do this. And then yeah. the next, the follow-up will be, you know. Yeah. Shez and I can run the room in a different way, which is, you know, using all our lived experience of as, as being actors and being workshop leaders to make sure that, I guess there's a buzz and there's this feeling of we can do this, like everyone in this room can champion this change. Each one we did 
we built on and, and what was it was good because it was like well you could phone up and go well the last person said yes you know we've had this sort of and I mean the last one we did pre-lockdown had 115 at ITV and 17 industry guests because they all want to come we just wanted to show the industry what we could do before we asked for too much money and we 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 needed a little bit, we, and yeah. we did. And, and when I say a little bit, as Shez just said, we ran, we ran you know, a, a company of five people running 10 in-person dank events on £10,000. was was amazing. You know, and, and all of the stuff in between. But, you know, it's not a way, it's not something I would advocate for. I no. don't think people should, should no, work for and free. I think, but I think we all got caught up in how much change we could do. And it was but, happening quickly. Yeah, we could see so it happening. We didn't, but I think it was, so, but I was also lucky because I had Corrie. I also wasn't working every single day. So when I wasn't working, I could do the admin that nobody else could do because they had to work other jobs, you know. So, But then I think it was about 2018, we got our first Arts Council bid successful, which meant Min could come employed. And also it was exciting because Melissa, as a disabled actor, had the same passion and I'd never met, I mean, I met a lot of people who had that same passion, but you had, a, you know, we had a very similar drive and, and there was a very successful connection that ensured that we just kept every ball that was thrown at us, we caught. And I think sometimes Jed and Lids were, and Mo were catching these balls, you know, they were always catching the balls with us, but sometimes they're going, how many balls have we got now? <laughs> oh, what are we doing now? I and that's we when we started to realise it was a brilliant analogy, the idea that someone said it to us once, they just said, it's okay to drop balls because lots of them will be made of rubber and they will just bounce back. If you do drop some, just make sure it's not the glass ones. And sometimes what that means is drop the rubber balls, they'll bounce back and... Rubber balls bounce for a while. You know, it's not as if, if, if someone's only going to say, we need your time, and you say, we can't do it at the moment, can you come back in a couple of weeks, and then they go, that was probably never going to be a very fruitful connection anyway. But rubber balls will just keep bouncing, and so if you're going to drop any, drop those and protect the glass balls. And we started to kind of move into that mindset a little bit more, which was, I think, how we then started to grow a little bit more because we could see the changes we were making. And we were knocking on a lot of doors. You know, we spent the early part of this knocking on lots of doors and there would be people that, would, people that wouldn't answer. Yeah. There would be people that would just go, I'm going to stay behind my door and I'm not going to say anything. We'd have people that would maybe open the door a little bit and put their head round and go, oh, okay, yeah, I think I'm interested, but maybe just not yet. You know, come back to us. And then we'd have people that would go, okay, yeah, no, I think I'm prepared to listen. And, I mean, this is really shooting forward. I'm, I, you know, there's a whole bit in between, but I must say now... The start of this year honestly felt like we were behind the door with this whole industry queuing behind it and we're going, right, is everyone ready? It's, it's <laughs> about time. We kind of got that feeling in January yeah. this year. It has, and that's, that's why it's exciting to have the ambassadors and things yeah. as well because it, it's always never been about... It's been about creating that community and the community doing it together. So we're not... We all stand together and it feels that, you know, and that's why every single dank, we all talked about what we heard, what was fed back, what could be done differently. We've always done that policy now. We never do, we never plan anything. We're always trying to just do to the for next two steps because you always learn more. And the thing is, we don't know everything. We're never going to know any, everything. And also, it's not rich. And I think also because I think sometimes people have always tried with disability to own the change. Whereas 
everybody wants to make that change. And yeah. the stronger we are coming together to make that change is, is you know, and it's not about who did what or who, you know. And it's how something grows and changes and develops and, and, you, and the industry is changing with it. The industry is not the same yeah. as no. it was when we started Dank five years ago. It's not, it's no. a different place. I want to go back a bit because for me, the first bit was when I met you both, I got on the phone to my mum. I was like, oh my God, I've just met Shirley and Melissa. And I was like so proud and like so pleased and learnt so much. So I don't think you two give yourselves as much credit as you both deserve and the whole Triple C team, I think, are just like so... Like, it really does mean a lot, and I can see the industry changing. We we always bang the drum about this two-way conversation, and we don't just mean that with the industry. We mean that from the people that are in our community and our ambassadors, and Paul, you're one of our ambassadors. So, you know, and, and part of part of getting the ambassadors' programme up and running was, was so that we could start to have kind of because we now have 1,600 members <laughs> on, on the Dank database. So we've gone from 400 to 1,600. And what the Ambassadors Programme has been able to do is is give us um, that and the focus groups has been able to kind of give us a bit of a robust communication system. We can't necessarily talk to 1,600 people every week. But what we can do is we can continue to get insights from our ambassadors that do have access requirements and are working in the industry and and we absolutely value yours and you, because you, you give so much back and Triple C Dank as a whole wouldn't continue to run if it weren't for people like you just constantly being involved in that two-way conversation. Some of my favourite bits have just been when, like when we've been brainstorming, a bit like, you know, after the, the first webinar, we, I remember being on the phone to you because we were in lockdown and going, that really worked, didn't it? What else can we do? And I think there was some really exciting moments in, in Triple C where we've just gone... What can we do? And you know, and also by adding by each, I suppose it's a bit it's a collaborative process, isn't it? But adding each adding on to something that then then has created so many exciting different things. And the same thing has happened as another layer when uh, Katie and Lawrence joined us yeah. again. You know, the, there's it, and I feel like we're about to go to the next layer again when the team grows again. And yeah, that's absolutely. Because you know, we 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 this team of five. We had no experience really in business. We had ideas and we had, you know, we had our experience of, of jobs we'd had, but we weren't, we weren't business people at all. And to run a business, you really do. And, and, and this is a business, you know, it's not a charity. It is, it is disabled creatives uh, working to try and change the industry and get more employment for other disabled creatives. And, you know, as, as, a, as a disabled-led organisation... We should be seen as a business. Disabled yeah. people can be a business. Yeah. And I think, you know, bringing on Katie and Lawrence, Lawrence is the chair of our board. And, and you know, Lawrence is an incredible screenwriter. He has been doing stuff, you know, trying to make changes in this industry for a very, very, very long time. And because he, he'd been part of so many conversations of people doing things similar. So for him to trust what we were doing felt yeah. really Cause he big. Came, at the st- he came yeah. to a few danks, didn't he? And then he approached us and went, can I help? And I'd like... You know, I'd like to help you get a board. I'd like to. We're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> very excited. It's got, by it's got that. very adulty. And then, yeah. you know, the arts council supported us to bring in somebody because they just said, look, you know, you've got and that all was of- that was again. Steph and Lawrence, two members of the Dank community, went right. We can help you do the the bud the 
um, application form. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because, you know, and, and thankfully the Arts Council noticed that, yes, we could do amazing things, but we were currently doing it on a rocky foundation. We need to keep up with everything. And, and our expertise weren't in laying solid foundations of, of business. And that's where... Um, we were funded to bring in Katie Bolton, who you've you've, you've met, yeah, Katie, met who's Katie, who's our um, strategy and operations at Triple C. I mean, we didn't even know that that was going to be a word that existed in our company at one point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you know, somebody who absolutely is 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 another vital part. Everybody is such a, a vital part to this organisation and allowing it to get stronger and stronger and and steering it in the ways that the industry needs it to be steered. We're just very, very lucky, actually, with with everyone that is involved in this organisation because everybody wants the same thing, which is for industry it to work. Change. Yeah. We want industry change, and that's a major thing, is that the industry needs to change. We're 20% of the population, I think it is. I think I've got that stat mm-hmm. right. Um, and we need to see ourselves more on television. Young yeah. people especially, I think you've stated that really well about the young people and how seeing themselves on TV is going to help the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm really an advocate for as well. And it's easy to do. There is more TV and film now than we will ever be able to watch in a lifetime. Yes. If we don't have the opportunity to change it now, then we, we never will be able to. So now really is the time. And, you know, we say the same thing all the time, but it's also not the time to get complacent. No. I think it's easy when we start to see a few disabled actors here and there and the industry can kind of go, oh, see, it is happening, it is happening. It is, but it's not happening enough. No, um, no it's not doing the one in five you're talking about no. at all. We're no. nowhere near that. But what what's so exciting about it is that whenever it is on telly, it's... The audience like it. Yeah. You know, all those years that they kept going, oh, no. People won't like it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and that's what... And I, I think I think it's all our aims, isn't it, is to ensure that the next generation don't have the, the shitty experiences we've had. What's next for Triple C? It's grown-up bits at first, isn't it? And then there's dreams again. Yeah, we got, we've got some grown-up bits to do where we just need to kind of keep... Which it will have to happen every few months, actually. You know, it grows and then we have to regroup. And maybe not as much happens externally whilst the regrouping happens. And then we grow again and then we regroup. And it's just the way that that kind of has to work. So we're kind of in a regrouping stage at the moment. Um, but we've obviously, become MPO, haven't we? Yeah. This is phenomenal. Amazing. So, yeah, become a, a national portfolio organisation um, from the Arts Council. We were fortunate enough to uh, receive a BAFTA last April for our services to the industry. Yeah. Um, first disabled led organisation to win a BAFTA. Um, Which so, I think was a game changer for us in a way huge. because it stopped me and Melissa having to really explain the whole history and the detail to do it. We, we, sort of, I, 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 I wish it didn't have to come to that. You know, I, I wish you didn't <laughs> yeah. have to kind of win an award to suddenly be like, but you know, we can't, we can't deny that the industry we're in, when you say something like that, it suddenly gives it some weight. It's a shorthand, equally, isn't it's a shorthand it? It's a shorthand of the work of we've the, done. Yeah, the work we've done led to this award. So rather than us doing, you know, an hour long podcast like we have, Paul, so sorry, just <laughs> telling you the whole life of everything. When we're in a meeting and you say BAFTA award winning, it does. It holds some weight, and it's weight that we're very grateful for. But I think it's just about continuing to to, to grow. Um, we're working on our talent finder, which is really exciting. Yeah. So um, 
that's something we've been working on for a while, but because we have so many other projects, it, it hasn't been our only project. But now we're at a stage where we're able to kind of elevate that even more. Um, and essentially, that will just be the chance for absolutely every deaf, disabled, neurodivergent um, artist of any art form, actors, writers, directors, producers, comedians, dancers, musicians, singers, all of them have a one page on our talent finder um, that uh, is essentially like LinkedIn meets Dank. Um, and you know, we constantly hear the industry saying, I really want to employ disabled people. I don't know where to find them. So this database and, and this kind of search engine will, will support that change. So that's, that's one of just a few things that we've, <laughs> we've kind of got in the pipeline. That's great. And I love the talent finder and, uh, because it's not only for that, but it's also for directors and producers and writers to actually put what jobs are actually around as exactly. well. Exactly. Exactly. So, it's something we've talked about for so many years as well, isn't it? Because um, when we did our first Dank and we talked to Marcus, and me and Melissa were talking to him about how we went to productions to get them to say, we'll sign up for, you know, talent to be employed. And then we were like, but if we do that, we're going to create another block in the system. Because how do we help them find They're yeah. just going to be at the same place where they're going to go, so where do we get them from? And, you know, at this stage, we've just got email addresses that we send an email out to each week. So it was yeah. about kind of going, how do we migrate that over? So it's not just an email address that receives a mail out. It's someone that has this this page that they're really excited about, that they've got their work on, they've got their contact details on, you know. Yeah. But I think what's so, so remembering, we've been building careers of our own during this time, and then you go, actually, <laughs> that's why it sometimes takes a little bit longer. Yeah, these aren't full-time jobs. They're, well, they're they seem we, to be, though. They do, they do seem to be. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, Shez and I run this. I mean, I always say when I was younger and somebody said to me, what do you want to be when you're older? I, I didn't say I want to be a disability advocate. I didn't say I want to be a disability campaigner. Mm -hmm. I said I want to be an actor. And just like so many other people, it's it's fallen on my shoulders as well as everybody else around me to be part of that change. And I think you do have a choice. You can absolutely choose. And if you, if you don't want to be part of that, you don't have to be. And I don't think you should be punished for not wanting to be part of that. I think Shez and I have managed to find a way of enjoying it. Mm. I think if we, we didn't have, have a, a way of enjoying it, we've got we? a passion for it. And that doesn't mean that there aren't days that are really, really, really hard. But on a whole we love what we do that actually it's made it easier for us to be able to run this organization alongside being mm. actors and writers and I, I think you know and i think that's why we were very lucky that we found each other in that and that and you know jed lydia and mo's passion and then kate you know becky sam everybody who's come on afterwards as well have got that same passion yeah we've got a digital team now yeah. becky sammy joe <laughs> dylan we've got a digital team you know we, we could have only dreamt of that years ago yeah it was poor Mo doing it all and telling all on us her own. We, <laughs> Mo was always telling us we needed these things yeah 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 big shout out to Mo for certain oh. I mean yeah yeah Mo, Mo and the whole team big the, the, shout the out. team are the team are fantastic and yeah I don't want to think we've missed anybody out but yes it's it's uh Jed Lydia Mo Katie Lawrence <laughs> Sam Becky Joe Dylan <laughs> And everyone Nat, in between. Nat, 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 Nat Amber. So, so the team is growing. And then on top of that, we've got our ambassadors and we've got, you know, this is just, that's just the team that maybe we work with every day through meetings. Yeah. But what we must do is always make sure that we do still do the thing that we set out to do, which is be actors, be writers, be directors. You know, we're not going to change anything unless we're also doing the thing that we were always meant but to do. But that's why they listened. I think that's why the industry's really listened because we've come with lived experience. And I always remember there's one of my favorite danks was when um, there was a producer 
who's, who went, oh, she says, I've, I've done this before. So I, I don't really know why I'm here because I've employed lots of disabled people. Oh, and then by the end of it, she was like, we need to start a revolution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the penny drop moment. When you I see love, the people yeah. with the penny drop moment, we go, it's so exciting for us. We go, oh, yeah. penny just dropped. And we watched it happen. Yeah. And now they're going to go off and do some cool things. I think you can see that also in the audience as well when you're at these events is that you can tell that there is definitely that penny drop. Not only, but also listening to them because I think it's also really important not only for the industry to learn, but also as actors that we're finding out what these industries want. And that's not only the TV, but also in the theatre, in the arts. What's next for, what? what's next show or thing are you doing, Melissa? Uh, so I have just finished filming my third series of, Grandchester, which is on ITV, and that will be coming out this uh, spring. Um, and I am working on a uh, TV show um, that I'm writing and uh, lead actor in. Cool. And we can definitely see Izzy in Coronation Street. You're back. Yes, I'm you back, which back. is a delight. Because I've been very poorly. I Well, very poorly, but I just turned my laptop on its side. I couldn't sit up for 14 months, but... I, I think Dank, Dank and Dribble Z kept my sanity during that time because I was too poorly to move. Um, but I also want to say that I really enjoyed the episode that you've done with your partner in mm. that. Oh, because yeah. I think that showed that Coronation Street also were really good about mm. that and understood, and I think you've said that in other interviews. Yeah, I think Corey have done absolutely phenomenally. I know you've had this experience, Melissa, and other disabled actors, when they come into Corey, go, God, this is different. Mm -hmm. This is so different. Because the thing is, they've had a disabled actor there for a long time. Has a knock-on effect. And it that? has a massive knock-on effect, and they get it, and they've got over it as well. And we've recently had David Proud join the writing team, well, not as recent now, a few years, writing team and I remember him saying the first time he went in somebody noticed that the coffee machine was too high next day the coffee machine had moved but um also for me I've just recorded six installation of Tinsel Girl on Radio 4 I I have seen this and I do want to get you both back about your careers in the uh, future so let's hold it there oh well the next episode's on March the 14th March the 14th okay so and hopefully by the time this comes out, the whole series, hopefully, because this comes out in April. Oh, cool, yeah, you've been so to listen again on the iPad. it'll be on BBC Sounds. Oh, BBC Sounds, Tinsel Girl, you'll Tinsel find it. Tinsel Girl. And it's called Tinsel Girl and the Problem Parent this time, but I think there's three other series on there as well. That'd be great. So... I want to say a massive, massive, massive thank you. Thank to, you. Um, for being here on the Disability and Podcast. And next uh, month will be uh, Disability Arts Online. And you will be able to hear me back in two months' time with another fabulous guest. So thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening. We do hope you enjoyed this episode of Disability And. Next month, Senior Editor of Disability Arts Online, Colin Hambrook, chats with Will Reynolds about audiobooks and the part they've played in his life.